following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Basketball Society. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the atlantic files brought to you by basketballsocietyonline.com and the underdog sports podcast network and real quick before we start here i just wanted to say make sure you guys check out basketballsocietyonline.com right now to get your tickets to our first ever March Madness tip-off event that is on March 9th from 6 to 9 p.m. in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And so make sure you get your tickets in there. It's only $10. We have a lot of events, giveaways, an all-star game. It's going to be really fun. We got Cappy Pondexter coming. We got white chocolate coming. That is the and one white chocolate, not Jason Williams. And uh, we have more guest stars coming as well. So make sure you check that out. We're, it is on Eventbrite as well. Check out BasketballSocietyOnline.com. Get your March Madness tip-off tickets today. Now, as always, you're joined by myself, Alex Fishbein, and my co-host, Mike Bash. And, of course, we are talking about the Atlantic Division and two of the big well, really, the biggest trades that went down right before the trade deadline. One of them bringing Tobias Harris. It sounded weird that I said it that way. Tobias Harris, um, Mike Scott, and Boban to the Sixers. And the Sixers shipped out Landry Shamit. Um, they shipped out... Uh, who else was it? Mike Muscala and couple picks, couple picks, and Wilson Chandler. Yeah. Um. So, what, what was your? I, I'll, I'll defer to you for the first thoughts on this one, Mike. What were your first thoughts? Well, for this, um, I like the trade and I hate the trade. Uh, the reason why I hate the trade is two reasons. Okay. One, the Sixers traded away Landry Schmidt. As my boy, I told you before, when he got drafted, he was going to be a good player for you, and he was developing into a very good role player. So it's sad to see him go. Why I also hate the trade. Now the Nets' backup plan of getting Tobias Harris probably won't happen because (laughs) the reports are that the Sixers are going to find a way to re-sign him, re-sign Butler, have Embiid and Simmons, and have this big four. So not only did you trade away my favorite young player, but you also traded... You also stole Tobias Harris from the Nets. So that's why I hate the trade. Why do I like <laughs> the trade, though? It makes the Sixers a legitimate contender in the East now. They can go toe-to-toe with Boston. They can go toe-to-toe with Milwaukee. Um, they can, you know, battle with Toronto. So, you know, it makes the big four in the East are, are as strong as pretty much any team in the West, maybe outside of Golden State. But uh, it's a good basketball move. Elton Brand is showing his ability as GM to make smart moves. And so far, the early returns from the trade have been good. As a Sixer fan, how are you feeling? I I mean, I'm feeling great. Um, 
I got to say, it was almost like when I was on vacation and I heard that the Sixers traded for Jimmy Butler, I was kind of like blown away because I was like, wait, is this is this serious? Did someone just like pick up news from one of those fake Woj accounts? Like, what, what exactly is happening here? Um, and I was, uh, when, when the trade happened, I don't even believe, I'm pretty sure I was like out coaching or something. Um, and, or no, sorry, that, that was the trade that happened at like 2 a.m. Um, so I woke up and all I saw were like 100 messages or so in the Basketball Society group chat. And I'm like, oh, something must have happened. And then I saw uh, someone just say, Tobias to Philly. And I was like, wait a second, hold on, hold on. What was that? And then went through all the Twitter, uh, all the tweets, all the you know news updates, everything gathered all the information and I was just I just sat back and was like holy crap the Sixers just got Tobias Boban and Mike Scott three guys that I actually do like I have liked Mike Scott um especially because he he gives you that stretch four and wing player uh kind of kind of spot um and obviously like we we've both uh, professed our love for Boban on this podcast multiple times. Um, if you don't love Boban, I'm pretty sure you're not human and you should get rid of that person in your life because you don't need that kind of negativity in your life. And Tobias, I mean, he is probably the best out of like the second tier stars to fit in with the Sixers because of his shooting, because he was the uh, most efficient of all the 20-point-per-game scorers. Um, it's just been a seamless fit, and seeing as the last two games as is an as an example, he really has been a great, great fit with the team. Um, so, I mean, I was, bottom line, I was hype. I was just sitting there like, I didn't even believe we got them. I am. I'm also just as hype at the fact that the Bobby and Toby show continues, and I love the fact that they're like a package deal now. I was just gonna ask that question. I, are they allowed to be traded like separately, or is it every trade that they're in has to be together? Because they were in Detroit, they got traded to LA together. Now they're in the LA trade to Philly. It's like, is this some sort of package? <laughs> I was looking forward to it as a Nets fan. We were probably going to get Tobias Harris and Boban. Now, we, now we're not going to get either. <laughs> I, yeah, I really think that there's something in both of their contracts that say they have to be on the same team. <laughs> like it was like a little write in, like the first time they got traded, they were like, all right, let's make sure we're always together. Yeah. It's unfair. <laughs> Collusion. But, um, and I, I mean, it's been fun already watching Boban on the floor. Like I, I just think it's unfair in the fact that you go from a ginormous human being in Joel Embiid, who is also probably not even probably. I'm going to say he's the best center in the league, and it, you go from him to Boban, who is just like a freak of nature, a guy that can just stand there and dunk on you with one with one hand. I mean, for opposing teams, that's just got to be annoying. Yeah, no, Boban is a he's a guy who can play well in short spurts. Obviously, at seven, whatever he is, seven two, seven four, he's not going to sustain it for a, for a long time. But 
You know, if you're backing up Embiid, how much do you really need Boban? If he gives you 10 minutes a night, that's perfect. Right. And I think he's averaging more than that. I think if I look it up, he's probably averaging close to like 15 to 18 a, a night. But, you know, you don't – when you have an Embiid, you know, one of those top five centers in the league, you don't need much from Boban. Yeah, he's averaging 14 points in uh, – I'm sorry, 14 – 14 minutes a night, and he's averaging seven points a game so far for Philly. So, like like I said, he's effective, and that's why, what is he, second all-time in PER or first all-time in PER? Yep. So. Higher than Anthony Davis, so I don't know what the Lakers are looking at. Yeah. <laughs> I, they, they already had him in L.A. They didn't, it, the move wouldn't have, been, wouldn't have been large. Exactly. He was right down the hall. <laughs> he was in the same building, yeah. <laughs> but, uh... But yeah, like it's especially perfect because they've been looking for a guy that can, you know, relieve Embiid and just not and not have to like give up so much production. Like obviously, you're not gonna back up Embiid with a guy who's giving the same exact production as Embiid. You know, thirty points, fifteen rebounds a game, or whatever. But um, they just needed someone that can at least keep the momentum going. And I think when you put a guy in like Boban instead of Amir Johnson or uh, or Bolden, um, then, you know, y- you have someone that can at least sustain the kind of level of play that you want um, and gives you some more depth. And uh, the one thing that I saw that a lot of people said after this trade was that, now the Sixers definitely need depth. But I think they did a decent job at getting a little bit more depth uh, with the smaller trades, but also with this trade that got Boban and Mike Scott. Um, they also made those smaller trades to bring in uh, James Ennis from Miami. Uh, and they also... Well, was he in Miami? James Ennis the third. I forget who he was on before. Um, and they also brought in um, Simmons from uh, Orlando when they traded Markel Fultz. Uh, so, I mean, they did a decent job at still getting a little bit of depth. Those guys have been giving some decent minutes so far. Uh, I guess it's just, it's it's a, the jury's still out on it to see, like, what kind of depth they still need on top of that. Yeah, and no, it, they've been they made some good moves. The, the Fultz trade, like you said, off air, it hurts. You you wanted to see him pan out, but I think he just needed to change scenery at this point. Right. But real quick, just to finish up on Boban, uh, per thirty six minutes, Joel Embiid is averaging twenty nine and fourteen. Over the last two years, per thirty six minutes, Boban is averaging twenty four and fifteen, and uh, he actually has a higher career offensive rating than. Um, than Joel Embiid. So, what I'm trying to get at is Boban is a Hall of Fame lock at this point in his career. Oh, of course. Um, and but no, the production is you're going to get a good production from Boban. Uh, Jonathan Simmons probably you know he'll be a good role fit. I just I felt like they it was a like we said in previous episodes trading away faults. You're never going to get enough value for him because. He's the number one overall pick. So anytime you give up on him, you're anytime you trade a guy like that, you're trading low. And right. if if he pans out in Orlando, it'll it, you know I'm sure Philly fans will be upset. They'll be happy for him. They'll be upset they traded him away. But it's one of those you know it's one of those bullets you got to swallow. Right. Or of course. One of those situations where you got to bite the bullet. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. 
And I mean, honestly, the value they got back for Fultz is probably more value than they were going to get from anybody else. Yeah. Like, they still did get a first-round pick out of it. It was OKC's first-round pick, so it's going to be... Um, outside the lottery, but still, it's a it's a, a pick is a pick. Um, they got another second rounder to go with that, and they got Simmons, who can at least uh, play the role of a defensive guard, which I mean the Sixers have needed, especially since they still haven't even seen Zaire Smith. So, I mean, he's a guy that is on his way back. I remember they scheduled him to play in the G League very soon. I think it's like within the next. Uh, either within this week or the next week. So um, they still could have him coming back to also provide a little bit more depth. Um, but, yeah, like you said, with the Fultz thing, uh, I- I'm I'm disappointed because, yes, I-, I would have loved to see him pan out because he would have been such a great fit. Uh, the the playmaker off the dribble that, that the Sixers really needed, the one that can shoot off the dribble and everything. Um, but I do wish him the best of luck in Orlando. I really hope this kid can figure out all the issues that are going on, get through that thoracic outlet outlet syndrome, um, and just really, you know, just get back to playing basketball. Like, even if he doesn't get back up to the level that we all expected, like, I just hope he can get back to being a productive basketball player in general. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, the other trade that happened in the... Uh... Atlantic Division. I think this trade, and I'm saying this in the short term, will be will go down as the most impactful trade at the deadline. Marcus saw going to the Raptors. What are your initial thoughts on that? What do, what do you think uh, of that move for the Raptors? I mean, if I'm thinking of it as a Sixers fan, I'm a little mad because that's a great move. If I'm thinking of it as just a basketball fan and a you know like Atlantic Division uh, pundit, if you might say, it is an awesome move still <laughs> um i mean this was great i i've been a guy who has spoken out against valanchunas being somebody that can help your team for the longest time um like i'm pretty sure ever since i started this podcast three years ago that's that's i've been speaking out against him not that he's a bad guy he's a great guy uh, I just don't think he is the kind of player you win a championship with and then you bring in a guy like mark gasol who was drawing like attention for MVP not too long ago. It was just a couple seasons ago, I believe. Um, I mean, granted, it was just in the beginning of the year, whatever it may be. Uh, but Marcus All is a huge addition, uh, especially now that I mean he's been stretching the court. His defense is very, very good. He's also been up for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, like this guy is a huge addition alongside another superstar like Kawhi Leonard like now you have a very very solid starting five of uh Lowry Danny Green Kawhi Abaka Gasol like first off minus Kyle Lowry that is a huge lineup uh but on top of that you also kept most of your important people the only person you really unloaded that was like a guy that you could keep around for a while was Delone Wright. But every other guy that you really want for the long term, you got to keep. You kept Siakam, you kept OG, uh, you kept Van Vliet. Like, you still kept all of those guys and got 
<laughs> Mark Gasol. That's amazing. Yeah, I um, when I saw this trade, I you know I I felt like the Grizzlies obviously didn't get enough for him. I, they didn't really get much for him. It's kind of just like, all right, let's move on from Mark Gasol. But the more I look into this trade, and I'm not saying this because the Toronto Raptors defeated my Brooklyn Nets last night. I think this trade makes Toronto the team to beat in the Eastern Conference, and I think this makes Toronto a legitimate threat to the Golden State Warriors at West. Um, they're they're title contender more than they were, obviously. They were one of the teams in the East to watch out for, but I think they're the favorite in the East, in my opinion. Uh, you have Kawhi Leonard as the best two-way player in the league. You have... Um, you have Kyle Lowry, who's always doing his thing, and now you have Marcus Saul. You have a guy on the wing, you have a guy running that point, and now you have a guy in the post who, when you, when the offense gets tough to score in the postseason, you could dump it down in the post, and like he did against the Nets last night, having 14 points in the fourth quarter. I think it makes them an even more complete team. You're going to see Serge Ibaka improve. You're going to see Danny Green improve. It's an all it's an awesome move for Toronto, and, I, and in my eyes, I think they're the favorite in the East right now. Oh, right. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, and that's the thing, is that a lot of people are saying, we're, we're still saying, oh, Sixers are automatically favorites in the East because of their trade and everything. No, as, as soon as the Raptors got Marcus All, I, I put them immediately at the top. Um, and not to forget, they do still have Pascal Siakam. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that That's the biggest win right there, obviously. <laughs> uh, but the Raptors are also in the news today, um, today being Tuesday. Uh, they are on the verge of signing Jeremy Lin. I believe that he just got bought out by the, uh, by the Hawks. So like the, all the paperwork's being done to, for the Raptors to sign him. I think that's also a big, big move. Um, especially because you can slot him in at the two guard, uh, coming off the bench, like obviously, if if I if I was the coach, I wouldn't want him taking playing time away from Fred Van Vliet, really, because I mean Fred has been a big part of this team and a big part of their success. Uh, if I if if it was up to me, I'd be saying he'd be taking most of the playing time away from like Norman Powell um, and guys like that. Someone you know that can come in and still give you scoring. Like, you can still leave in guys like Kawhi and, uh, like, if you leave in Marc Gasol but sub Lowry out, you still have guys like Fred and Jeremy Lin that can play together. Um, so I think, I mean, I, I like the addition of Jeremy Lin. I'm just kind of interested to see how they exactly use him and what kind of lineups they use him in. Yeah, for sure. Um I, I I just think it's it was a move that um for for the Raptors it made a lot of sense and it it's it vaulted them like we considered I feel like going into the trade line deadline you you considered the Sixers the Celtics the Bucks and the Raptors as the big four and the way I see it right now as currently situated is the Raptors and this and the Sixers is the top two and the other two teams are close. But it's going to take a lot for them to overcome those two teams. That's just how I see it. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Uh, I would agree. 
Um, and that's and, and the only reason I agree is because Gordon Hayward still isn't at one hundred percent. If Gordon Hayward is at was at one hundred percent, I would definitely, definitely put Boston above Philly. Um, but and and like honestly, I'm still fighting with that because I still kind of want to put Boston ahead of Philly because it seems like they always have this mental block every time they play Boston. Um, and of course, they still have. Uh, what's his face who hits threes against Philly all the time? Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines. You um, don't even remember his name anymore. I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> I just conveniently forgot his name. That's all. Of course. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like they, I, I like I still want to put them up there. Uh, it's just like, like the Sixers. Obviously, I, I, actually, they play tonight. Um, they the Sixers will finally play them with their new full roster, except Kyrie Irving is out. Uh, so whether this if the Sixers win, I mean they're in that lose lose situation where it's like if they win, it's like oh we didn't have Kyrie Irving. If they lose, it's like ha we didn't have Kyrie Irving. So um, I think it's still like the jury is out on those two. I would almost put them like right on the same level as of right now. Uh, so I'd probably still have a big three in the East with Toronto, Boston, Philly. Um, but I do agree that Toronto is definitely number one. Yeah, yeah. it's a, It was a great move by them. Um, any other big um, – the only other big uh, in my eyes – obviously we already talked about the Porzingis move. Right. Uh, I'm just trying to think of any other big deadline. The Pelicans didn't trade Anthony Davis. Uh, was there any other big moves? You know, I know oh, we talked about faults. Um, the one that confused me the most was when Washington traded Otto Porter to Chicago. Oh, and then he conveni- conveniently beat the Nets. <laughs> True. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think about that, but yeah. <laughs> um, I that one. I don't know. That one just didn't make any sense to me. Like, I mean. First off, I like for Chicago. I mean, yes, he's only 25 years old, so I guess like he still has some time obviously, so he can still fit some kind of timeline with Chicago. Uh, but for Washington, they only got back Jabari Parker, Bobby Portis and a 2023 second round pick, which is top 36 protected. Well, I mean, at that point they were just trying to clear salary because Otto Porter um, signed one of those, you know, twenty-seven million dollar a year deals that uh, Sean Marks was tying, uh, signing all these restricted free agents to, knowing that they would get matched. True. So, I think it was that was a move to free up salary, and quite frankly, the Wizards are in a bad spot with that John Wall injury. That was the other thing at the deadline. How does John Wall fall and ruptures Achilles at his house? <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. Like, do you? First off, which which like way do you have to fall to rupture your Achilles? Yeah, isn't that something where like it pops? Like you know, you, you know, like a fall wouldn't. I, I feel like a fall wouldn't make it pop. You, you know what I'm trying to say? Right. Like Kobe, uh, like, Kobe ruptured his when he like jumped. I think yeah. that's how Boogie Cousins ruptured his too. Yeah, yeah. He went to go plant, and when he went to plant, it snapped. Yeah. Like, like what possibly? could john wall be doing that he had to go plant his foot in a violent way 
at his right. house. And like, like when when Rondo broke his arm falling in his shower, that's one thing because I'm like, all right, you could have like actually, you know, fallen out of the shower and hit something like the counter or whatever. Like that's one thing, but like you really have to do something like very, I guess, explosive to to rupture your Achilles like that. So, I like I don't mean to laugh because yeah, it sucks. Like I mean. Wall has kind of, it, it really seems like John Wall has been declining for the last couple of years, and he's not even 30, is he? Uh, no, I think he's like 28. Yeah. Um, so it's been disappointing, but like, I, I also, I would love to be a fly on the wall when that happened just to see what happens. Yeah, maybe maybe somebody could hack into his uh, Ring video, home, home video system or something, and we could find out the truth to this uh, Achilles gate. Yeah. I agree. But um, just to wrap it up with uh, one last thing here. So, like you said, Anthony Davis did not get traded. Uh, there was a lot of rumors about what what people were going to trade him. Um, the Lakers were going to trade him, like, pretty much all of their young players. It was, like, Kuzma, Lonzo, Ingram, um, and, like, four different first-round picks, I think. And uh, Josh Hart. And Josh Hart. Um and then it was and the keys rumored, to the city, pretty much. Um, and it was rumored that Boston was going to offer uh, Tatum, Marcus Smart, uh, I think it was Terry Rozier, um, and two other first round picks. If you, oh, and I think Jalen Brown. Um, if you were the Pelicans, which one of those would you take? Hmm. I guess Tatum's the best player in that deal out of all of those deals. Right. So I would have to go with the best player of, that you're getting. Um, you're getting more back from the Lakers, but you know Tatum. Who do you? It's like who do you want to build around? Lonzo Ball or Jason Tatum? Uh, I would have to go Jason Tatum. True. I I was going back and forth on it a lot. I'm actually going to say I would rather go with the Lakers. Because I still do like Brandon Ingram, and that is somebody that I, I would rather build around Brandon Ingram than Lonzo Ball. Um, and on top of that, even though their picks probably won't be great for the first couple years, um, I think after a while their picks are going to be even better, and you're going to feed off of those picks for a long, long time, like Boston. Uh, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. I, I figured the trade would hit home for you. <laughs> of course. Just keep rubbing it in. <laughs> Finally passed the trade. and Just turning a knife. It's always going to come back. It's always going to come back. Wait till, we beat, wait till the Nets win a championship before the Sixers. Then you'll hear it. <laughs> I honestly would expect to hear it a lot if that does happen. Yep. I can see it now. Joe Harris driving down the lane crossover shades of Jordan in 98 Joe Harris for the win Joe Harris for the championship I will say I will say right now that if if the Nets do win a championship before the Sixers I will buy you any Nets jersey of your choice even one that's for Rodion Kyrgios. Yes. Okay. 
right. What about a retro Timothy Mozgov? Or no, you know what? Even better. I want a Dwight Howard Nets jersey. <laughs> I mean, if I can find it, I'll do it. <laughs> All right, you might have to customize it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> But all right. And then if if the Sixers win, you owe me... Oh, Andrew Shemet Sixers jersey. I'll get you both numbers. I'm down. All right. <laughs> but all right, that is it for us, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Atlantic Files. Make sure you check out basketballsocietyonline.com. Get your tickets for the March Madness tip-off event, March 9th. Make sure you, you sign up on Eventbrite. It's only $10. I know you guys got $10. That's nothing. And make sure you check out the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. A lot of other great podcasts on there as well. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.